and then back up. Go to the end of the Bible, find the maps, and then back up to James. Hebrews, James. There you go. James. Himes. 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 There was this little old lady crossing the street. I, I can't get anybody to buy it. It just doesn't. I broke it. I stood up and fell on it. Just fell down. All right. But I like the little old lady story a lot better. All right. Nobody's going to listen to you today. I, I lied and it just went downhill from there. All right. If you've got your Bibles, go to James. We're going to be in James chapter 2, but you're going to have to earn it a little bit first. Uh, I've heard some stuff over the last few days. It kind of, it's, I kind of stuff I hear on, on a, being a counselor. I hear it quite a bit, but it's still there are people out there that are being hurt. There are people that are hurting. Uh, so I just I'm gonna say it this way. Some people in this room are here, just barely hanging on. They just barely can hang on. They're having a tough day. Some have had a tough week. Some have had a tough month, tough year. And I, I honestly believe some of you have been, it's been a lifetime of hurt. Lifetime of hurt. I'm sorry about that. I hate that. But I believe, and you don't have to believe it, you're welcome here if you don't believe this, but I'm convinced um, in I don't know how to say this, in spite of the mess that I made of my life and what I went through and in maybe because of the mess I made and what God helped me get through, I'm convinced that the Bible's right when it says that God works everything together for good to those that love the Lord. I believe it. I've watched it. I've watched it in the Bible come to be true, and I've watched it in my life be true. I, there's some folks sitting in here that if you ask them, they'd say, man, that's true in my life too. So what we do before we ever do anything, before we ever breathe in from what God's got to say, we get a chance to breathe out. Tell me something good. Tell me something good that you've seen in your life. Tell me something good that you've seen God do in your life. And it could be today. It could be this week. Just tell me one thing that you saw that's good that helps you remember God's still doing good things. Not yet. When you uh, appreciate Danny saying it, because when you spend any, it's a good thing for us. It's a good thing for us. If you're rebuilding your life, those proverbs and the things we learn from the proverbs will help you. I mean, those things helped me, and I think that helped you too. But 
What could happen if we taught them to our children before they got and made some of the decisions that we made and made some of the messes that we made? That's a good thing. That is a good thing. Somebody tell me something good. What's your nine-month sober date? July 9th. July the 9th, she'll have been sober nine months. A year. Been a year. Yeah. July 9th, it'll be a year. Amazing. Tell me something good. And I have forgot. And um, I've been amazed on, I know I'm not a perfect person, but uh, since we've been coming here to church, I've seen the change on Jasmine and Sissy. Um Jasmine, one time we went to school, and before I dropped her off, she goes, Mom, who's, who's, uh, the king? who's the king? And I go, God, God's the king. So whatever you are facing at school, whatever, just pray. Wow, that's so good. They've been, they've been being very good on that. Excellent. <coughs> Excellent. Tell me something good. Outstanding. That is the best thing. Tell me something good. Well, about uh, not quite a month and a half ago, I was walking down some steps, slipped, and thought it was just a pulled muscle, and it kept, my leg kept swelling up at night and whatnot, and so I went to get an MRI last night and uh, saw the results this morning, and I had fear there was a tear, which there was, but all they're going to need to do for to rehab. They don't have to wear a brace, don't have to have any surgery or anything like that. So There you go. Um, that is I'm good. I'm already on That's the good. What's going to happen? I've got to go on the 28th for mine. What they're going to say is they've misread the x-ray. It's only a sprain. You can throw the crutches away and the boot away and keep doing what you've been doing without people watching. We live in hope, don't we? Somebody tell me something good. Anybody? Uh, I got, well, there's two things. I, I'm, I haven't been here in like a week, and I kind of missed you guys. So that, that was good. I haven't missed the church in a long time. Right. Um, and then, uh, two, I got back from my spring break, and I had five out of six midterm papers. Okay, now it's Robert. Robert, there's not anybody in the. You could add up all of our grades together and not get five A's. <laughs> that's, that's I mean, I never had. Uh, if you knew what, what neighborhood I grew up in, you, uh, this, you wouldn't be like you. Yeah. Listen, those of you who are in school right now, here's your tutor right here. Yeah. In fact, he'll write your papers. I know. No, no, no. He do that. Uh, we don't always do this, but, uh, and I, I wanted to make sure I remembered Robert's name right. Did, guys, did you know his name was Robert? Oh, yeah, yeah, we did. No, you didn't, because you look at him as I've seen him before. But you don't, we need to know folks, right? I want you to meet two, 
I got two new friends. Met them today, and I'm going to count them friends. Now, they may not be happy me calling them friends. Um, they may be, oh, that ruined my reputation right there. Uh, but I just met this gentleman. I want you to know him, get your chance to visit with him. His name's Cliff. I appreciate what he told me earlier. He said, be real honest, the only reason I came here last week was for the food. I'm glad he's honest, aren't you? That's the way we are. We try to be around here, Cliff. And he said, but I was made to feel so welcome. I wanted to come back this week. Folks, that's on you. That's a good thing. We are glad of that. Cliff, you're welcome here. Anytime. Anytime. And then I just met a young man named Andrew. Andrew, right over here. Wave your hand then. This is Andrew. Andrew Hanson. Uh, he's a friend of a friend of mine that's been a friend for a long time. So we're glad to know him. Hopefully we'll see him in days to come. But I want you to get to know him and make him feel welcome like you did Cliff. All right? Just don't treat him like you treat me. All right? Whatever you do. Um, best thing, best things are this last thing is uh, Sunday afternoon. Sunday afternoon after visiting with Catherine and hearing some good news about Jesus, uh, Irma Linda confessed her faith in Jesus when was born into God's family. Irma Linda, would you please wave your hand so everybody knows who their new sister is? This is Irma Linda. And the truth is, y'all, uh, is Jay here? Jay, I'll introduce you to Jay. I called her B or K or L or something. Uh, I, Z. Uh, I didn't, but uh, she got a brand new life on Sunday. And I was, I'm going to tell you the story again, but I'm going to tell you now. Uh, Jay's gone through some tough things, like a lot of us. Some of them were her fault. Some were the fault of others. Right? It happens. In my case, it was my fault. In some of your cases, it's the fault of somebody else. But whether you got in a mess because you did it or somebody else did it, you still needed a chance at a new life. And what Jay had been taught by some people, well-meaning people, is that you've got to get your life straight. You've got to get everything right. And then you start your new life. Guys, I think that's backwards. How can I live a new life if I don't have it? Right? So we need to start there. So Jay and I visited about Jesus for a while, and Jay confessed her faith in Jesus and got a brand new life on Sunday. So that's a good thing. That is a good thing. Now, Kobe, would you wave your hand right here? Uh, grandson, grandson of Antonio and Consuelo and nephew of Catherine, uh, cousin of Danny and Anna, uh, is Kobe. Kobe confessed his faith in Jesus this afternoon and got a brand new life from Jesus today. You got your Bible? If you're in your Bible in chapter 2, chapter 2 of James, we're going to start reading in verse 14. But I want you to stay and you may want to peek at chapters 1 and 2. James is the little brother of Jesus. James is the little brother of Jesus, and he speaks for God. He speaks from God. 
But when he writes, you know he knew Jesus up close and personal. So what he has to say ought to give us reason to pay attention. Okay? And what he's going to do in this letter is tell people like us, his intention is to tell people like us, how do you live that new life you got? You let Jesus wash away your sins? That's fantastic. You let Jesus give you a new life? That is amazing. That's terrific. You became a child of God and now you inherited all this family? That's amazing. That's good stuff. Can't get better than that. Really, doesn't get better than that. Unless you're in glory, right? But this letter was written to folks just like us. Folks that were sitting together like this wanting to learn about Jesus. Wanting to learn how to live that new life. So going back to James, and y'all let you peek, but don't make something up. If you read it and remember it, say it. But don't just read it because it's there. We don't need filler. From your heart, from what you remember, from what you've learned, from what you've heard. What did James tell us? What did this little brother of Jesus tell us about living life for Jesus? What did he tell us in those first few chapters, in those first few verses? He said, don't be, don't be judgmental. Don't, be, don't play favorites. Is there, any reason, is there any reason for anybody in here to be judgmental? I mean, the truth is, right? The truth is, every one of Well, look where you're going to church. I mean, we don't go to, you don't go to this side of town to go to church. You don't come to this kind of building to go to church. They got some nice churches that, where the air conditioner works better. Now, they don't have better chairs. But they've got better speakers, and they've got better rooms, and there's better paint jobs, and there's better locations. All kinds of better parking lots. They'll even come in, and they'll have, even have somebody at the, at, the, at the door greeting you. How are you? It's good to have your attendance today. Welcome. They'll have all that. Did you come here? Why? Because maybe you came here because you don't fit in there. You come in here. You come in here because you found something like Cliff did where you feel welcome. There's nobody in here has a right to judge anybody. Because everybody sitting in this room is in the same boat. We messed up or somebody else messed up, and we just thank God that Jesus is fixing it. Right? What have I learned? What did I learn from James? Uh, it's a simple point. Simple, simple, simple. Said, so you lack wisdom? Ask God. Now stop a second. Who would it be that lacks wisdom? Who would it be that lacks wisdom? I like Louise's answer. <laughs> she ought to pray it. Me. Now, you know the problem with that? Somebody asks you, and don't tell me, uh, any man in the place gets lost, and somebody said, hey man, do you need directions? And every guy says, no, no I got this. Yeah, I know where we're. I ain't got a clue where we're going, but we're going to get there fast. Yeah. It's amazing to me. I mean, I've grown up, just, I've watched it all my life. Riding around with fellas, grown men, mature men, get lost, and their wife or somebody would say, would you like to stop over here and I'll go ask? I don't need to stop and ask anybody. I'm going to find it, you know. There are people that are still driving. They just have never been found. 
All those missing persons, they're people. Look, it's men looking for a place to park, you know. How, why is it so hard to say, I need help? Why is it so hard? And I'm, I'm asking a real question. It's not, it's not just to hear me speak. Honest. Why is it so hard for you to say to God, and I don't have a clue what I'm doing. I need your help. I need your direction. It's your pride. Yeah, but why? why is your, what, what is it about your pride that gets you in trouble like that? What does it keeps you from just asking, God, I need your help? Yeah, because I don't want to act like I need it, and I don't want anybody to know that I need it. I uh, worked down at the Garza County Juvenile Detention Center in Post. And I worked with guys that anywhere from 13 to 19 years old um, that had been in enough trouble that they finally put in, put in a secure facility. And uh, I'll ask them all the time about stuff. You know what, the number one answer they give me about help, I don't ask for help. I don't need anybody's help. That's why you're in jail at 13 years old, you little twit. That's why you've been in jail half your life at 19 years old. Because you didn't ask for help. Well, I don't ask for help. I don't need any help. Oh, really? Really? Uh, I've told you all this before. I, check it out. I, I, I challenge you. Go to the library. Get on your phone right now and Google. Google any book written by anybody successful, anybody that's successful, anybody, sports, entertainment, politics, financial, business, find any book written by anybody that's successful and look at the very beginning of the book. You know what will be at the front of every one of those books? Some acknowledgments of the people who were of help to them. You want to be successful? It's serious. You want to be successful about anything? Would you like to get a job? Would you like to keep a job? Would you like to have a marriage? Would you like to have a good marriage? Would you like to raise kids and raise them right? Would you, would you like to be successful in anything? Then there are people who can help you do that. Right? I'm going to say it now and then shut up about it and go to our lesson. But... We say it here all the time. we got some fresh faces, so I'm going to say it again. In this room, there are some people that have failed miserably at life. We've had trouble with um, immorality. We've had trouble with addictions. We've had trouble with laziness. We've had trouble with lying, cheating, and stealing. We've had trouble with all kinds. In this room, there's some folks that have done some really bad stuff. And I'll start with me. But God is helping us rebuild our lives. So if you made a mess of your life, I promise you there's somebody in here that knows what that's like and they can help you come out of it. Truth, truth. I'm not, and I'm not making that up. And there are people in here that will tell you that. Like if you stopped me in the middle of this lesson somewhere and said, well, listen, what about me? I made a mess of my life because of this. I, I guarantee you, don't know, I hadn't planned it, but I guarantee you there will be somebody in this room that says, me too. 
And they're right now in the process of rebuilding their life and they would love to be your friend. They'd love to be your brother. They'd love to be your sister. I, I guarantee it. But there's also some people in this room that have never done anything wrong. Well, almost. But they haven't messed up their lives like I did. There are people in this room that have not messed up their lives like I did. I'm looking at one right at the end of this table. Antonio has lived an honorable, mature, honorable, godly, God-fearing life. It's truth. That's the truth. Now, he made his mistakes. I'm not saying he walks on water. That walker wouldn't go very far on water. He doesn't walk on water. I'm not saying he glows in the dark. But I'm telling you, there are people in this room. See, I think Owen and Linda Sears are these kind of folks. They have lived their life righteous. They've tried to do what's right. Jared and Stacy, the same way. There are people in this place that have lived their life right. They've made great decisions, good decisions. And you know what? They can help you too because they can teach you how never to get there. I tell all those little criminales at my place, I say, listen, you want to know how to get out of jail? Better yet, you want to know how to stay out of jail? They say, how? I said, I can guarantee you that I can teach you how to stay out of jail. You can't guarantee you. I said, I'm telling you, I guarantee you. I'm 64 years old and I've never been in jail. So am I successful at it? <laughs> never been in jail. You can't say that, 12-year-old. So what can I teach you? I can teach him how not to do the things that got him in there in the first place, right? So what I'm saying, folks, if you're in this room right and if you're in this room tonight and you want something better for your life, there are people in here that have been where you are and understand that can help you. And there's some folks in here that have never been where you are, don't understand at all, but can still help you. <laughs> and what I want to do is I want to introduce you to both of them. So when I'm finished, I'm not going to run anywhere because I'm crippled. I'm going to sit right here on this chair. You come by and you tell me what you've got going on in your life and I'll grab somebody that's been there and is helping and learning to rebuild and they'll help you. And I'll, I'll grab somebody that hasn't been there that they'll help you stay away from there. That's what this letter's about. It's about living that new life. It's not about what church do you attend? No. It's not talking about church issues. Well, how many songs y'all sing and how do you sing them? And where do you, who, what's your preacher wear when he stands up to preach or she preaches? Well, it's not about that stuff. It's about a man writing from, who knew Jesus, writing from God. Here's how you live this life. Look at chapter 2, verse 14. What good is it, brothers? What good is it, brothers, if a man claims to have faith but has no deeds? Would somebody answer that question for me? What good does it do for somebody to claim to have faith but they don't have the deeds to back it up? I'm going to wait till you answer. I'm going to take a drink anyway. It does no good at all. In fact, he says, can that faith save him? What's the answer? No. Keep reading. Suppose a brother or sister is without clothes or daily food. If one of them comes up to here, go, I wish you well, keep warm and well fed, but does nothing about his physical needs, what good is it? What's the answer? It does no good at all. Now, I know people that are like that. Oh, I'm going to pray for you. Well, I'm glad. I want you to pray for me. But sometimes I need a little bit more than prayer. Right? Sometimes I need a little help. Don't just wave your hand over me and say, Have a blessed day. I don't like that. 
I, does that bother y'all? And it doesn't have to bother you. If you like it and you like to say it, you're okay. You're still welcome here. Now you have to go to the end of the line. You can't get first in line for pizza. But I pull up, I talk to people and they'll say, have a blessed day. I don't know why that bothers me, but it bothers me. I don't hit them. And I don't bless them. If you know what I mean, but I just think, yeah. So I want you. I want to be the person, listen to me, I'm not talking about anybody else. I want to be the guy that doesn't claim to have faith. I want to live like I have faith. Did you hear me? That's what Jesus is teaching us. He's not interested in what you can quote. He's not in interested in what you can claim. I've been a member of this church since the very beginning of a time. Well, bless your heart. means nothing to Jesus. Length of time it's sitting in church means nothing. What did old, uh, I heard an old preacher a long time ago said, Folks, sitting in a church house doesn't make you any more of a Christian than sitting in a chicken house makes you a chicken. But how many of us have done this? Those of us who go into church all our lives, how many of us sat in church and acted like because we knew the rules, we knew when to stand up, when to sit down, when to move forward, when to move out, when to amen and when not to... We had all the rules down and we... Did that make us followers of Jesus? Now you want to live your real life? Start with faith. Take that faith that you have, that confidence you have, that conviction that you have about Jesus. Take that faith and put it to work. Keep reading. Verse 17, In the same way faith by itself is not accompanied by actions, if it's not accompanied by actions, is dead. What good does dead faith do you? It can't save you, and it can't help anybody else. So two points he's already made. You can claim to have faith, but if you don't show it, if you don't work it, if you don't live it, you pick the word. If you claim to have faith, but you don't follow through with that faith, can it save you? No. So what good is it to you? None. Claim it all you want. Sing all the hymns, pray all the prayers, endure all the sermons. It doesn't help you at all. Number two, does it help anybody else? No. Say all kinds of nice things. Have a blessed day to everybody. The folks that are out here on the street that don't have a job, the folks out here that need some money for a little bit of gas, the folks out here that need some groceries, the folks out here that need some help with their rent, tell them, have a blessed day. What good does it do them? No, it does no good at all. So let's quit posturing, let's quit claiming, and let's start living. Look what he says. He said, someone will say, you have faith, I have deeds. Show me your faith without your deeds, and I will show you my faith. Underline this phrase. I will show you my faith, read it, by what I do. I can stop worrying about letting people know that I have faith if I will just start showing them I have faith by what I do. Would you say it with me? By what I do. Now hang on one more time. By what I What who do? Say it again. What I do. Hang on, hang on, hang on. 
in church, you know what we do? What we do as a church, when you come to this church and you give your money, then this church will do good things and you will be showing your faith. It says by what? Don't make, don't make me yell at you. By what? One more time. By what? What do you do? When you see someone hungry, what do you do? When you, you don't have to answer. I just, what do you do? Now you're welcome to, but if you find somebody that needs you, what do you do? If you meet somebody that needs to know Jesus, what do you do? It's not about claiming anything. It's about doing. Keep reading. You foolish man, do you want evidence that faith without deeds is useless? Was not our ancestor Abraham considered righteous? Look at this next phrase. For what he... Underline it. For what he did. What he did when he offered his son Isaac on the altar. You see that his faith and his actions were working together and his faith was made complete. Read it. By what he did. You picking up a theme? By what I do. Abraham was considered righteous because what he did. It's not about what I feel. Feel, it's not about what I think, it's not about what I claim. Because lots of folks claim, uh, do you believe in Jesus? Oh yes, I believe in Jesus. And I can quote all the verses and I pray all the prayers. I go to all the church meetings and never miss those potluck dinners. Okay, good. Does that mean anything about your faith? None. It's what I do. Now, let me tell you the story. If you've got in the margin of your Bible, if you don't have it, if it's, if it's not marked in the little print, write down Genesis 22. Because there's the story you want to read. God gives Abraham a special son. Abraham's too old to have a baby. Sarah is barren, too old to have a baby. So God comes to him and says, Abraham, you're going to have a baby. And he says, I'm too old, and he laughs. He tells Sarah that she's going to have a baby and she's too old and she laughs. And I can remember people being all offended that they laughed. But you and I would have done the same thing. My dad is 91 years old. He calls me tomorrow and says, Rex, i got something to tell you. Why'd you laugh? Yeah. And you know what his four boys are going to say? boy. Yeah. You know how guys are, but you'd be going... Dad, right? You'd laugh. Well, Abraham was too old to have a baby. Sarah was too old to have a baby. And they had a baby. Special son named him Isaac. Means laughter. Laugh if you want to, but God's going to keep his promise. And then God tells Abraham, this boy, this boy is who's going to, and I'm going to give my slant to it so you'll understand. He's going to be the one that has the son, 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 that has the son of the baby that's going to be born in Bethlehem, that's going to live and be named Jesus and is going to die on a cross to save everybody, going to be raised from the dead and going to reign in glory. So Isaac is a big deal, y'all. 
And then God comes to him and says, I want you to kill Isaac. Whoa, 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 whoa. Kill Isaac? There's three things wrong with that. One of them, it's against the law. You can't kill. Don't kill. But God says kill him. Number two, doesn't make sense. This is the guy that he, this is the son that he gave me to be the son of the son, of the father of the father of the father of the father of baby Jesus. And besides all that, I love this kid. He's my special son. You want me to kill him? And in spite of all that, you know what I, uh, Abraham did? Read it. What did he do? He offered his son. Offered it. What's offered mean? He offered him. He put him on the altar. Tied that kid up. That's the only way you keep a kid on an altar. I've tried it. It doesn't work. Duct tape helps. but uh, You tie him up and just like you would a lamb. You tie him up and put him on the altar. Now all the old Bible story pictures show Abraham going like this. Like he's going to stab him like that. Somebody tell me how you... You know this. It's in the Bible. How do you kill an all? How do you kill the sacrificial lamb? You slice his throat. He's got him tied up. Got him by the head of the hair. He's about to take that knife and cut his own son's throat. In spite of the fact that it was against the law. In spite of the fact that it didn't make any sense. In spite of the fact that he loved this kid. What did Abraham do? Offered his son. He did what he was told. And then God stopped him. said, now I know you wouldn't hold him back from me. Just by the way, there's a ram over there stuck in the bushes. Go get him and offer him in, my, in, my, in his place. You know what Abraham named that place? Does anybody remember? Can anybody? You get an extra slice of pizza if you can tell me what he named it. You get the pizza. There you go. They named the place the Lord will provide. You know what provide means? Break the word in half. Pro is forward. Vide, video, is to see. God saw before and knew that Abraham needed to have something to offer when he spared his son. And so who put that lamb there? Who put that ram stuck in the bush? God did. Can God pro-video in your life? Yeah, but you know, I just can't wait. I just can't wait. I just can't wait for God to do what he's going to do. <laughs> I just can't wait. Yeah, well, we worry about that, don't we? I don't. I just don't think I can wait. I just don't think I, God's just not listening to me. Nobody ever says that in this room, do they? Nobody ever says that. Abraham's faith was made complete by what he did. That's what, I'm, that's what Jesus is teaching us. That's the end of the lesson. That's it right there. 
God says he will complete our faith by what we do. Okay. That's what he said. Right? God said it. That settles it. So here's what I want you to do. Before we leave this room, let's be honest about it. Tell me something that you know it is time for you to do. Tell me something that you know that God wants you to do. That you haven't done, you're refusing to do, or you're putting off to do, but you know it's not about saying you believe God. It's doing what God wants you to do. You tell me. What is it? And I'll give you time to think. This is not a, a rush one. I don't want a Sunday school answer. I want your life personal answer. Uh, I can't think of anything that I need to do that I didn't just start doing. because this is where I should be. And I've been putting that off for a long time. So I've already done that part. Good. And I know there's other things that I need to be doing. I just, God hasn't kicked me hard enough in the rear yet for me to realize what it is. Okay, turn around. <laughs> no, stand up, because I was going to kick you this boot. No, no, no. Stay right there, okay? When we're finished, I want us to visit. Because I, I, there's a place in the Bible where a guy actually says what you just said. And God uses the word goad instead of a boot. But the Lord's pushing. Yeah, same thing. He's, the Lord's trying to get in the fact that you're here. says the Lord has you right where he wants you. So don't leave, okay? Stay right here, okay? All right. What have you been putting off doing? What have you been putting off doing? You know God wants you to do. Brian just made a real important point there. Sometimes what God wants us to do is a stop doing something. You don't have to say it. I'm just going to ask it. You don't have to respond. Just I'm asking it to let your own heart re re reflect on it, react to it. How many of us need to stop some relationships? How many of us need to break away out of some relationships for us to belong 
completely to God and to do what God wants us to do. All right. God made his faith complete by what he did. What are you waiting on? What is it you know you need to do? What is it you're ready? You, you want to be ready to do, but you're not sure you're ready to do, and you're afraid to do it, and you don't know what the result will be, but you know that God wants you to do it. What is it? Go with Thanks for saying that. It's not easy to do. We're going to talk a second, okay? It's what we do. This is real stuff. I'm going to give you the same speech that I gave Jasmine. And I, I think I gave it to about half of you in my office. Um, this is not any, I'm not, I'm not, what I'm about to say is real. It's not me teasing Darla. It's me being honest with you. I don't know where I got it. I don't know which part of my family I got it, but I got a big time allergy to cats. I mean, if I get around cats, my eyes water, my nose runs. I, in fact, if I'm around a lot, I'll wheeze, I can't breathe. I mean, I, it's, a, it's a big deal for me. And so uh, you'll remember, some of you'll remember Dwayne Culpepper dear friend of mine, dear friend of mine, loved him for a long, long time. When he was dying, he asked me to come to his home. I'd, I'd known him for 25-something years and had visited with him here, there, everywhere. We've eaten dinner together at his shop, at his office, all kinds of places, but I'd never been to his home. When I walked into his home, they had, and I don't know how many, so I, it looked to me like four or five real long hair cats. I knew I was going to be in trouble. I knew I was going to be in trouble. But there was no way I couldn't go in and couldn't visit with Dwayne. He was dying. So I walked in, and you could see the cat den because it was evening and the sun coming through the, the window. I could see the cat dander just floating in the air. Sat down on the cat couch and there was just cat hair all over my legs. Cat started walking by and rubbing on my legs and stuff and, and I, I'm there for Dwayne. I can't get up and run. I've got to stay there with Dwayne and we're talking and while he's talking I can feel my eyes start to burn. My nose starts to run. Uh, you know and I'm sure he thought I was sad for him and I was sad but it was my, those cats and, and so I start uh, getting short of breath. I, I can tell I'm struggling. We finish, we have a prayer, I walk out, I get it home as fast as I can, I shower and take a handful of Benadryl to try to get back to breathing again, use the asthma inhaler and all that kind of stuff. 
sometimes because of things in your life, sometimes because of your family, the genetics of your family, and sometimes because of the circumstances that you've gone through, your emotions develop an allergy to stress. And so when some of you get under stress, you get depressed, you, you get anxious. It's not a weakness. It's not a lack of faith. I need glasses to see and I need Benadryl to survive cats. <laughs> Jasmine needed some medicine to help her body handle stress, handle anxiety, handle depression. There's several of it. I'm, going, I'm not going to hold up your hands, but you can seek her out later and tell her if you want to. But there's several folks in here that struggle with that same kind of thing. Don't let somebody convince you that you're not a person of faith, that you don't have, that you've got some weakness in your character because you need something to help an emotional allergy. Okay? Thank you for saying that, Jasmine. Tell me... Uh, Right. Last call. Tell me something. Um, so Teresa talked to me a couple months ago about possibly Cody and I house parenting for the children's home. And it started some really deep conversations like about sort of our plan like together and what we wanted to do like in our marriage, like a move of faith in our marriage. And we both sort of just brushed that under the rug. We're like, you know, now's not the time, and we're finally getting stable, and things are okay, and right now's not a good time for us to do that. And I could tell you just about every excuse that we could have thought of to not do that right then. And um, it's sort of coming back up, like, in our marriage, in our financial situation, like in our spiritual situation, taking some sort of like move of faith like to, and we don't know what that is yet, just we just feel like we're really stagnant where we're at right now, like we're not really like we want to we want to do something and it's time for us to do something and we just we're just waiting I guess Whenever, whenever I'm ready, he's not ready. Whenever he's ready, I'm like, oh, maybe not right now. I got you. We'll talk about it next week. I mean, that's <coughs> so we don't exactly know what that means yet, but we are putting that off, and that is something we're being called to do. I understand. I understand. <coughs> there will be some of the decisions you'll be making will be making decisions about You'll be making decisions about job opportunities or career things. Do what God thinks best. Well, I don't know what God thinks best. So if you lack, lack wisdom, what do you do? Ask. I, I'll take the last one because it's something I've been talking about for months, and I, or weeks anyway, and uh, should have been months, and I'm going to say it again because if I keep saying it, if I keep saying it, God keeps hearing it, 
You keep hearing it. You'll keep praying. You'll keep encouraging. God will keep moving and goading me and, and kicking me in the behind. I have got to learn. I have got to learn to speak truth in my family. Sometimes we don't want to cause a fuss. Sometimes we don't want to have to pay the emotional consequence of saying things that need to be said. I have got to learn to say this is what at least I believe is right regardless of the consequence. I don't want to just claim to have faith. I want God to complete my faith by what I do. Let's pray. Father, thanks for tonight, for these folks, their attention, for these... Well, the people that make the food possible, the people that pay to make this room possible and to pay for the air conditioning and the lights, all that. Thank you for all those good people that take care of that. I thank you for the folks that are sitting here. For the ones that are here for the first time, like Andrew, somebody who's the second time, like Cliff, and those of us who've been here a long, long time. Some of these folks have worked hard today, God. They put themselves in, they've worn themselves out, and they still came. And they could have stayed home, but they came. And they're grateful for the food, God, but they came so they could hear your word. I ask, God, that you help them remember nothing but your word. God, would you help us have the wisdom to know what you want us to do and the courage to do it. Complete our faith, God, by what we do. In Jesus' name, amen. Thanks, folks. Hey, hug somebody whether you like them or not.